time since you and I have uh, sat down uh, together to do just an episode, you and I, and uh, how fitting. It's Valentine's Day. You're my Valentine. I was going to say, wow. (laughs) I'm honored. I got in trouble. I got in trouble from Haley. She said, you're spending time with your other half. Did she? No, <laughs> you guys did something earlier. No, actually, we we're not big on Valentine's Day. People are gonna go, oh, just get with the program. No, like we're nothing, nothing, no zero, zero. Just enjoyed each other's company. I bought her a plant from Canadian Tire for six dollars. Most people get roses, tulips, yeah. lilies. We got a, a tropical plant. She has a plant obsession. I like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We went into the store together. She picked it out. I said, which one do you want? You know, I'm spending a lot of money on you. This is six ninety nine. Valentine's Day is um, <laughs> it's a lot. Like if you're in a relationship, great. You, you can kind of flip through the uh, social media, but my God, is it rubbed in your face if you're single? <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed you didn't make a little Valentine meme of you and I. Uh, well, there's still time. You know, something to do with I'm trying to think of photography puns on the spot. You know, little Valentine's cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have. Be my Valentine, because you and I click. Ooh, that's good. Here we go. You make my heart shudder. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) cringe level a thousand. It's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, Uh, Some exciting stuff, man. I was going to keep going, but never mind. Oh, keep going. These ones are getting dirty, though. (laughs) Okay, we're going to cut you off. We're going to cut you off. Some exciting things though, man. We launched our website. Yeah, it's really the exciting. The foundation of it. That's cool. Yeah, what do you cool. like about it? What do I like about it? Um, I think it's user-friendly. I think there's good content on there. Uh, it's a one-stop all. Um, uh, I like the color scheme. I like where the potential is for it to go. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Go check that out. We have a website now that we plan on building out. For now, though, you can find our first merchandise item. Good plug here. The hats that I'm sure you've seen on Instagram. If you haven't, we have winter hats, toques, beanies, whatever terminology you want to use to call them, in three different colors, gray, navy, and black. They are available for sale in Canada and the U.S. We'll get to you folks internationally, but we got to take baby steps. We got to take baby steps with our first item. Like I said, available in three colors, navy, gray, and black. So you can just head on to our website. You can pay via PayPal or a credit card if you want to pick up a hat and and uh, support the show some more. So that's our first merch item. One of the features of our of our new website. We're going to roll out some more merch items, I'm sure, as the, as the days go on. We also have posted a couple, some blogs, kind of repurposed content of some of the stuff we talk about on the show. Just if you like to consume information in written form. So a lot of the same concepts and things we talk about on the podcast will be in blog format if you're interested in that. Down the road, I'm sure we'll do some sort of newsletter that incorporates those blog posts or other things we find relevant or interesting or useful. So stay on the lookout for that. And then the last thing that I think is really cool, Aaron, you can talk about this, that we have are the virtual one-on-one 60-minute sessions with you or I. If you have an external problem you want to, you know, you want advice on, we heavily promote that we're not gurus. We don't know everything, but maybe you just need an external opinion from an outside source to work through a photography issue or to get you to someplace you want to go. Maybe you want some, maybe you love Aaron's editing. Maybe you want him to show you the ropes for an hour and then ask for your money back. Um, 
<laughs> literally anything and everything photography related or pitching related. We're offering those virtual one-on-one sessions and you can check those out and book those on our website. It's pretty easy to get to those on the site. You said I can talk about it, but I think you just nailed it. Uh, it like almost anything that you want to discuss, uh, try to work out, uh, you want to run by again, like Seth said, whether it's a pitch, um, sort of life coaching stuff, if that's a thing. Um, I am a trained counselor, uh, editing, um, business ideas, business models, whatever you can think of that you feel like you've heard from the show or something you want to run by us or ask for our thoughts and opinions. Come on over. Absolutely. And the nice part too is if you want to split up the cost of the hour, you can bring in a friend, mm-hmm. divvy that up. You know what I mean? Just to make it more cost uh, affordable and feasible. If that's something you want to do, or if you want to have Aaron and I all to yourself, that's great as well. We look forward to doing that. So we're excited for a bunch of these things on the website. And uh, yeah, man. It is exciting. It's fun to watch it grow. What do you, uh, it looks like a, I'm like freezing here. That sweatshirt looks very cozy. Yeah, it's my team LTD sweater. My go-to that, I don't know what color you call it, like a coral purple. Yeah, I call it perfect for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. First of all. but It's the exact color uh, of one of those like Valentine's, you know, those candy hearts. Yes, exactly. The purple ones. Yeah, it's my coral purple LTD sweater. But thank you for the segue because we just actually launched an affiliate program with Team LTD, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, They're actually sponsoring this podcast and this episode as well. So you have some of their stuff. I have half my closet is literally their items. Winter stuff, fall stuff. The fall stuff looks great if you're going to cabins. Mm -hmm. You know, you want something to fit the theme. I know we have a lot of people who are interested in shooting at cabins and and getting to that genre. I mean, you and I are doing a workshop for that as well in April. We have one spot left, people sign up. There's another <laughs> plug there. But the LTD look stuff the LTD stuff looks great all time of the year. Summer they have amazing swimsuits. I use the uh the pit viper styled shades for my runs so I don't get yeah, wind in my those. eyes. I used to like run down the road and people would think I was crying because I was in pain. It was like, no, I just have wind in my eyes. And so many hoodies. I mean, we took it to Zion National Park when we went. We brought a bunch of their stuff, held up real nice, looked really good in photos. So if you're interested in some Team LTD stuff, hit the link in our episode description. It's awesome apparel. They're very, very good at supporting creators in all industries. I know they sponsor like some MMA fighters, country music people. It's just very much a brand that's on, that's very much into supporting those who are out there getting after it which I think is why you and I vibe with them so much. So check that out. Ep- er, link in the episode description to their store. You can use the magic code TPM15 for anything off their website. And they actually just posted a story that they're looking to expand their network of creators. I don't know if you saw that. I so did. it could be a really good opportunity for you to pick up an item or two, take some photographs, wow them, and then maybe you know start a connection there as a creator to shoot or film some of their stuff. Should it be relevant for you. So keep that in mind as well. Again, link in the episode description, check out their stuff. Awesome items for all seasons of the year for both female and male. Yeah. And I've got to say, I'm a a hoodie junkie. I have lots of it. Not to, um, this is like a humble brag, but lots of expensive hoodies from different companies and yoga companies. Here we go. Yeah, huge flex. Uh, (laughs) uh, I got the hoodie, I think the one that you have on, but in, in gray. And it is my it's honestly my go-to and probably for like half the price of some of the other ones that I have. Uh, it's heavy. It feels great. It's just, I, I love it for my warm-up run. Uh, 
my couple of laps that I have to do before I get going in my run. I keep that on. Uh, before that gray been, sweatshirt is dark gray. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes off and it's just, <laughs> it's one of my faves. When it's in the laundry, I'm like, damn it. Ah. But yeah, for sure. You, know, you gotta, you gotta live. It's good looking stuff. Uh, what do we got today? Today we're going to, I think you just posted a blog post. That I did. Did you read into it? it? Did you to uh, read it? You know what? I'm going to be honest. I did not. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> it didn't. It's okay yeah. though. Cause we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. Today was a great, you sent me a reel also. I gotta be honest. I didn't even watch that. Like I, I looked at it, but I was like, it, today oh, was a you busy You want to know day. what that reel was of? Yes, I do. So David Goggins, who we always talk about, he has a mm-hmm. running challenge. You run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Wow. Ugh. It's one of those ones that seems easy, but definitely no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, not easy, but seems like it's, yeah, I can maybe do that. Right. Yeah. It sounds, it seems naughty though, but I digress away from running. Yeah. No, I posted a blog post today. Five things I would tell my younger photographer self, you know, eight, mm-hmm. nine years ago. And I thought it would make for an interesting episode. I mean, you always say I'm new to photography. That's like your slogan. We need to get you a hat that says that even though you're three, four years in, hardly consider yourself new, but you'll always be new, I guess. So I thought it would be an, an interesting episode to imagine yourself, imagine you right now with what you know currently. And of course, we'll always hopefully continue to progress along the knowledge train, but you right now, where you're at with your photography journey or career or whatever term you want to use, if you were to, to sit across from Aaron, who has just picked up a camera four years ago, Aaron, how that conversation would go and what kind of advice you would offer. I thought that would make for an interesting episode since yeah, it's just like you and I today and you know some, some f- like four or five pieces of advice each. Love it. And again, we haven't planned it. We haven't talked about it. I mean, you haven't read the blog post. So I guess no. it'll be news to you either. That's why I didn't. I wanted to, but I yeah, was like, sure. I, I don't want to stay. Look at how quick ideas. on his feet this guy is. Unbelievable. Yeah. <sighs> Unbelievable. Fresh. Well, anyways, so I have five. Would you like me to start? Yeah. Go. Or would you like to go first? No, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to go not in order of the of the blog. Maybe I don't even get to all of them because people should go read it. It's a very honest take on just like where I really sucked in the beginning. (laughs) And I hope to say the same thing about myself now, five years from now, you know, like, wow, I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. The first one's kind of interesting. People might find this a bit interesting because I think there's a lot of confusion and I'm still figuring this out. Full disclaimer, like really trying to pin this down is what to charge for every, you know, every quote or every gig that comes across your desk is very different and has its own little unique aspects. And it's not, there's not really just, in my opinion, a formula that says, this is what you charge based on X, Y, and Z for this gig. Cause everything's different. There's different travel times. There's different people, different personalities, different expectations, you know, things like that. Maybe you're doing something that's a little out of your, your regular skill set because you're trying to push your, push your boundaries. So anyways, to get to it, the first thing I would tell myself is charge a little more every time you complete a gig. Mm. And what I mean by that is, so let's say, well, first of all, I'll start with this. 
I would, I would tell my former photographer self that you're going to severely undercharge for a long time just because you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And not to get so caught up in hindsight. Like it'd be so easy to just sit back and go, damn, I was an idiot. I could have made thousands more dollars over these years. Right. But that doesn't get you anywhere. But anyways, charge charge a little more every time you give a quote after a successful gig. And what I mean by this is let's say client A comes along and you agree on doing whatever gig for $600, right? Goes off without a hitch, boom, everyone's happy. And then a new client comes across your desk. I like the idea of pushing that price ceiling. So like this time I'm going to charge 650. Mm-hmm. And if they say yes, and the thing goes without a gig goes off without a hitch. Everyone's happy. Client C comes along who is new. I'm going to go 700. And I think it's useful. I don't know if anybody else does this. I'm not sure. Maybe forms of this, but I think it's useful because you can essentially have price discovery for yourself. You're going to let those people decide what you're worth. And I think you'll avoid a lot of imposter syndrome because you're literally letting the market decide what you're worth based on your skill level, skill level, based on your clientele, based on where you're at in your career. And then it Mm -hmm. becomes very objective. And it's one of those things where people are willing to pay this. So I must be worth that. And I think it's useful to enter that price discovery zone where you keep upping that price until you hit a level of resistance, which concretely tells you this is the range that you're worth for your day rate, hourly rate, image, or price per photo, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? What do you think mm-hmm. of all this? Yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's good. I think it makes sense. And I think it's good to find and zero in where you're at. I think there's differences in terms of... Um, the clients you're doing and the reason you're doing it and what you want. And I think I mentioned it in the dusty episode that I view every job in that way of like, what's my, what's the time worth? Where am I, where am I in terms of this whole process? What am I being charged, you know, and converse with a lot of people about it to make sure I'm in the same range. I think it's very important not to undercut other photographers too. That's a different, a whole different topic, but, um, I do I I view every job as a like a three-tier prong in the sense that it could be on the far left of this these tiers uh a job I really don't necessarily love the idea of doing in terms of like this is going to be a ton of work this is a lot of travel this is very hard this isn't a you know let's say a product or a, a thing I'm jazzed about um so i'm going to charge my max amount because if it goes through then i'm like okay this this i can suck this up i will i will go ahead and do this great let's let's go make the best of it if it doesn't go through it's like okay Uh, and it wasn't crazy about it anyway Uh, my weekend free then i have this sort of middle ground where it's like i this is my normal day right this is what i'm going for and i would I would uh I could vary either way if they're like it's a little too expensive. I might 
I might vary the, you know, go the other way and be like, all right, I'll, I can take a little off or do a little less deliverables. Uh, and here we are. Or I, I go to like, this is a great opportunity. I'm not losing this job over money. I, this can set me up for a lot more things. And then I'm very loose with my potential, let's call it discounts or, or rates. And, and that depends on just a lot of things, uh, the product or the potential or the, the travel, uh, whatever kind of is involved in that. It might be better for my career to take a minute and not lose the job over a few hundred dollars. Right. You know, what's interesting though, a thought I've been having is that when you offer that level of flexibility in terms of coming down in price, you almost have to justify it in a way mm-hmm. or come up with a explain a reason to the client yeah. why you're doing it for them because otherwise yeah i i sometimes fear they may think that like well why didn't he just offer me what he's going to do it for in the beginning yeah absolutely you know what i mean so you yeah. almost have to be like well since you're so this and that and like you have to exp- you almost feel obligated to explain why you can be flexible on price which i think is important and fine mm-hmm. Because you mm-hmm. don't want them to think that you were just way overpricing them and trying to take them for a ride. I think it's important to, to convey that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's important to even, I've, I've even shared without giving names, like, hey, for, you know, I, I've done it for this much. The, my last job was this much, and it was basically the same thing. You're saying you're not willing to pay that. Okay. But that's, that's like what it costs. So I'm going to, I said 20 photos. I I can promise 10 now, you know, or we were going to do drone stuff. I'm leaving the drone at home. I'm not taking out like a whole nother thing, a whole nother thing to have to deal with and potentially break. I think that's the thing that people don't necessarily understand when they're dealing with photographers is how expensive everything is. And every time you're using it, it's a potential for it to break. And are not responsible for that. So I think that's where it really kind of comes into play too, is like, hey, I'm not risking all this stuff. I'm not going to go nuts to get all the the content that you potentially want unless we're talking about the, the fair price, the fair market price. So I agree with you. I think it's important to explain, not just randomly like, desperately right like that's what it would right. feel like like oh okay wait no no don't hang up i'll, I'll do it for i'll do it for free yeah because then they're on the other line going well why didn't you just say that to begin with were you trying to rip me off yeah which is what you don't want i think though you mentioned uh undercharging hurts the industry and you said that's a whole different thing but i don't think it is i think it sort of ties in nicely here i mean mm-hmm. like you just said i think a lot of people and this is not through any fault of their own just don't really understand the value of photography and videography yeah And, you know, if you're somebody charging $250 for the entire day, you are kind of putting a low baseline in terms of, you know, what to expect for price for photography service in that client's head. Mm -hmm. And if enough people in need of photography services see the market price that low, the value of our skill set as a community diminishes. So if you're not going to price yourself appropriately for you, at least do it for everyone else. You know what I'm saying? And I get that there's times for free. I get that there's times for discounts, but I just think on the whole, I think the 
technique that I've just outlined. Every time you get a new client, charge a little bit more, charge a little bit more, and then see when you start to get resistance. I think it just is very good for, I call it price discovery. That's the only term I can really come up with. And again, if people are willing to pay what you've quoted with no complaints, then that is what you're worth. If you're somebody who struggles with imposter syndrome, there's no arguing this here. It's a bulletproof, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You know, and it takes the self-doubting voice out of your head. If you can yeah. just sit back and say, people are paying this because that's like that's what I'm worth. Let's keep upping that price minimally each time. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's again very important to understand what the cost of marketing can do for a company. And I mean, Seth, what, what do we what do we want to use? A, a cabin, a, a jacket? Like, what product do we want to use? Let's go through like kind of quickly, just rough one numbers. that we've done, or just any one off yeah, the just, cuff, just anything. But maybe yep. one we're familiar with, like apparel or cabin. Use, use the use the uh, Cotopaxi backpacks in the city. A targeted ad to people in New York City or Toronto. Okay, those, those you know? backpacks are let's just say two hundred each, right? And uh, we spend a day taking photos and those backpacks, those photos of those backpacks they use and people see those photos and go, whoa, like that, that's really cool. Uh, I'm going to look up this company. I'm going to search it. And I mean, it doesn't take long for those clicks and those purchases to equate to a, a good, good amount of revenue and a good, good amount of money. Now, your photo is what was sort of a bridge and a gap to. I would that call it the funnel. Yeah, the funnel to that thing. That's a good word. And if they're saying like, "Nah, we'll we'll do it for like a product, or we'll do it for exposure," they're just taking all <laughs> of the just the revenue completely and, and not kind of saying thank you for your part in it. And that's where like, I mean. I think there's a lot of photographers on social media, especially that aren't in the professional photography game. Do you agree with that assessment? Yes, I would. Like the ones that are like, you know, like my friend Adam again, he has like 500, 800 uh, followers on Instagram. He's hardly ever on there, but he's doing huge, huge accounts and doing huge, huge catalogs um, too, right? projects yeah catalog like yeah licensing photos like contests award like all that stuff he's doing he's doing a lot of real stuff and he he wouldn't be caught dead uh doing like a trade for exposure it doesn't it doesn't even matter um so like they're getting into licensing like a photo for 10,000 for unlimited licensing like things like that like we don't even think about typically as photographers that are like oh we get some cool products and blah, blah, like we, we just don't go down the professional road. So that's where, to add to your point, I think not being afraid to ask people, does this price make sense? People that you know have done it in the past, people that you can reach out to, multiple people, get, a, get an idea of where it all stands for a group of people. Take some data and figure out if you're even in the ballpark. I know right. I did that in the beginning and you know, I got laughed out of the room for a few things and, and had to adjust and you, that's what you do. And that's where you learn. And that's where you learn like, Oh, like me charging so little is screwing the next guy, you know, it, cause it, it really can. 
then then they get the idea that oh photography should be free if we throw them you know a coat or a backpack or a uh, whatever and maybe it's free up until a point yeah you you need a portfolio and absolutely that's, that's for you Right, so then you're you're using them in a sense to create a portfolio and create a connection to a company so that you can use it. So that's where it's like you're paying for you're paying for the photography. You're investing that money that they would have paid you in yourself. Right, right. And I think just to before we move on, it's very easy to get into the mind mindset of these ads are going to be on their website and social media. Don't forget. Those companies may be run how many times like those companies may be running Instagram story ads, TikTok, mm-hmm. TikTok ads that never see the light of day on the grid. I mean, how many times people listening have you gotten smoked by an ad and your wallet's at within 30 seconds? I mean, that might be happening with your images. Mm-hmm. Like ads are very much <laughs> the thing. Yeah. I would say like 80% more emphasis goes into images that are going to make for a good ad, for a good ad campaign than what's going to look good on their profile. I think it's very easy to get narrow focused on that that's what the brand or company is going to be using these things for. It's like, no, no, no. These are going to be ads that are generating real revenue. So consider that. Yeah. It's a, it's a commodity. It's a thing. Without it, they'd be in trouble. Right. And the first time you get an ad from a company that is your photograph, <laughs> maybe you have already, it'll kind of change your perspective. That's happened to me a few times. Mm-hmm. And you, you sit there on your phone and you go, how many other people like me sitting here on a Thursday evening are getting this ad and actually heading to checkout because of this shot I took? Right. I guarantee you, you'll start charging a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Would you like to go? Yeah, sure. Because I, I have one that kind of, again... I doubt we'll get to five each because we're so long-winded, but we'll get to what we get to. This episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast is sponsored by iStorage. iStorage makes state-of-the-art, ultra-secure, and easy-to-use hardware-encrypted portable storage devices, which is just a fancy way of saying they make the best password-protected hard drives so that you have total security over your data and files. I've got a one terabyte SSD hard drive from iStorage called the Disk Assure M2, and it is flipping awesome. Compact, easy to use, and it gives me total ownership over my digital assets so that I'm not worried about theft. The thing's even waterproof. The devices are protected against brute force intrusions. They have independent user and admin pin codes, are password and hardware encrypted, and they'll work on multiple operating systems without the need for annoying software. They'll work on any device with a USB port. Some of their devices even hold up to 20 terabytes, and if that's not enough, they also have encrypted cloud storage so you can easily manage and share your data securely in the cloud. If you're a business owner, consider iStorage encrypted hard drives to build trust with clients over sensitive information, build your brand reputation, and avoid heavy expenses involved in security breaches. There's a 30-day evaluation program for organizations and government bodies. Use the code TPM15, that's TPM15, for 15% off your order when making a purchase on their website. Click the link in the episode description to check out their product line more in-depth. Products are also available on Amazon. Things you would tell your younger photographer self, even if it's only three or four years ago, because you're still new at photography, right, Aaron? I am. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you have in uh, mind? Yeah, fitting in with that one, um, I like the saying, like, play in the minors before you play in the majors. You know, like, f- 
figure out your big mistakes with maybe some friends and family, little sort of jobs, get your system down, figure out your drive system, your Google Drive, your backup system, go through some of the growing pains with smaller sort of things, you know. Uh, your editing process, your workflow, all that stuff, you know, try to get down a system and, and do some things for, you know, friends. They, they want their um, holiday card. Go do it. Go out, go out, do it. See what the turnaround is. Get sort of an idea of what it takes to work with a client. Uh, and try to build and progress, you know, slowly and surely. I think, that's just something I would tell myself. Like, don't be afraid to try things and make mistakes with friends and or family, and just keep going and keep building. You know, um, it's kind of a simple one, but you don't want to get into a situation where you're you're promising too much and you don't really know the uh, the flow. Now, are you giving your former self this advice because this is a trap you feel you fell into early on? No, I don't think I, I mean, things did happen pretty quickly. Um, and I did have to find some things out maybe the hard way, but I think, uh, just in general, if I could tell myself, like get into it, get into it, but get into it in a, in a smooth sort of way, like try some things. Don't, don't shy away from, from little stuff or, you know, helping out a friend because you're going to learn some stuff in that process. Yeah, you're right. I mean, don't expect to be swinging for the fences just like anything. Right. right, right. You know, give give yourself, give yourself some slack, but also have the accountability to push yourself hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Push yourself hard. Do some some tough things, but don't don't make the mistake of doing it for Mercedes. Mercedes, like off the bat, like learn something really valuable by doing something for a coworker. You know. Um, Learn your turnaround time, learn your file system, learn your, how you're going to deliver the photos, learn all that stuff. Where are you going to print from? How much does it cost? How much does, what's your overhead? Like all that little stuff. Um, Figure that out the best that you can before you step into the big leagues. I don't know, in the grand scheme of things, I don't even think you and I are even close to the big leagues. No, not even close. (laughs) We're playing like single A, double A ball. Yeah, but we're playing pro (laughs) ball occasionally. Occasionally. You know, we're getting Occasionally. we're getting paid. We're getting paid for things. I think as soon as you start getting paid for things, like you got a a flip, a switch got a flip. You well, know, and you know what, like, man? It's like again, the whole one of the biggest premises of this show is like the success is what you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, success six figures, then you know, we're not successful at photography. Is success getting better every day, landing new gigs, exploring new genres? Definitely we're successful. Mm-hmm. So, I, that. and that's an important point to just define your metric. Maybe that's a little sub point to what you're saying. Define what success in photography is going to mean to you and understand that that's going to constantly be changing as you progress. Yeah. I like it. Um, I have a really interesting one. I know you're going to have a lot to add. So this is also available in the blog post. Focus more in this again, reminder, if you're not following along, which you should be, (laughs) this is advice to our former photographer self. And one piece of advice, another piece of advice I would give to myself is to focus more on adding value and less on what you'll gain personally. 
So I very much years ago, maybe four or five years ago, really used to focus on how I could utilize certain people, certain situations, certain scenarios advantageously or to my benefit from my own personal endeavors. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like I was so focused on how those elements could be stepping stones to bigger things, which is not necessarily a horrible thing, but it's not a great thing when that's where all of your focus is on. Mm -hmm. And I used to think I could, if I could cleverly position myself, say the right thing. I mentioned, you know, having the, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours approach. Mm -hmm. You know, that I'd get ahead quicker to where I wanted to go. And I saw situations as very contractual and I found that I used to very much keep score in my head of who had given or received more in a transaction, in a relationship, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? So I think a very important moment for me in my life, I don't remember where I heard it or how, I think there's a good saying that goes, the teacher will present itself when the student is ready. I don't know if you've heard that one. Just to, you know, when yep. something mm-hmm. comes across your timeline or a book comes across your across your desk that just speaks to you that had been there all along, right? Mm-hmm. But you have a change of perception or mentality and you're ready to kind of go down that road and explore some things about yourself. So that's kind of what I'm referring to. But I heard the phrase, you go, quote, you go into any relationship to give. And that was sort of a light bulb moment for me, light bulb moment for me. Yeah. And I understood in that moment that the current approach that I thought would be effective at kind of building, I guess, ultimately f- fake relationships, or not even fake, but just relationships that didn't have a lot of rigidity, you know, and that I realized those opportunities would continue to be met with resistance until or unless I altered my mentality towards the go into any scenario or relationship with the intent to give and focusing entirely on the other person or the audience's needs and desires. So I quickly realized that it would allow me to live a much more meaningful life, impactful. And that's what allowed me to sort of allowed me to begin this, begin to have this lens of collaboration over competition, especially in the photography industry. You know, I lift you up, you lift me up, we're in this together. So I I can stop for a minute if you have some things to add or I could, or I could just keep going. It's up to you. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll jump in and just say it's relationships, right? Like you see this all the time. Everyone wants to protect their heart, if you will, or their pride or their ego, whatever they're protecting. And you go into a relationship sort of with like, I'll give you a little, but I want to see what you, I want to see your cards. I want to see what you're going to give me. I want to see that you're invested in me before I invest in you. And if you can imagine like two people on a bridge on either end, like you got to meet in the middle without the other person, like you just got to trust the other person's going to be there in the middle. And if you go to the middle and the other person doesn't, at least, you know, you've made the journey to 
a good relationship and it didn't come through. And now you've learned an invaluable piece of information for next time. But you'll never sort of, I think it's sad when relationships don't work out, when you are, you know in your heart you were holding back. You weren't trying your best. You didn't go for it. You didn't take a risk. You weren't vulnerable to see like what could have happened. Uh, You were waiting for them to make the move. And that to me isn't necessarily fair either because we're all kind of in the same same boat. So I really like that one in terms of even in in business, like how can can I help you? Like these are my skills. I want to help your company. I want to do this. I'm trusting. I'm trusting that you will value my time and my effort. And if Mm -hmm. you don't, and I gave my all and really did a nice job and you don't value it, then I've learned a really important thing. And I probably will set up a boundary and not work with you again. Right. Fair. Right. So at least, you know, going into it, like, wow, I I gave my all. This wasn't because of me holding back that they felt ambivalent. You know, and, and people can feel that energy, I think, when you're like, you're being protective, you're protecting your heart, your ego, your pride, whatever it is. Uh, people can pr- feel that and they're like, ah, this guy's like, he's hiding something, you know, and, and it just makes it harder for both parties to to give their all and to really trust each other. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, so th- this going into any... And we say relationship again, relationship businesses mm-hmm. with your significant other friends, you know, that's what we mean when we say that term. Yeah. I just, I always say that disclaimer because relationship, I'm doing air quotes, people, mm-hmm. I feel like there's an automatic jump towards like your significant other. No, it's all relationships. Oh. So, yeah. but anyways, so I really started going into situations with a paradigm shift, like solely focused on how I could add value to the end recipient. And I wasn't thinking about it from the point of view of if I give value, I'll gain. Cause that's the same thing, right? I just decided that when I could, and I have to remind myself sometimes, but that it would be best to make other people look good, to feel good, to help them learn something. If I could help or, you know, if I could do anything to help them achieve their outcome without keeping score, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think going into anything with that in the forefront of your mind is going to pay dividends. So like since, I mean, this has been an ongoing process for me over years, but like since then, I think lots of things have happened. Like my network has expanded. I've made tons of new like virtual friends with you, people through this podcast, more business partners, more opportunities have presented themselves. I've had more people, you know, recommend my services. The podcast audience has grown. The list goes on. And so my point is, is that's all a byproduct. Right. And so if I was sitting with five, six years years ago, Seth, photographer Seth, you know, I'd say, focus your attention on this. Like, how can you add value to others and understand that your personal success and your advancement, whatever that is to you, is going to be a byproduct of really serving community and other people. Yeah, uh, I think hands down, that's a that's a great one. 
I think we all we all have a bit of selfishness, every probably human on earth. Which is important. Um, it is important. And I think with social media and competition and comparison, we can get caught in the tide of uh, how does this affect me? Me, 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 me. Like I want to, I want to be impressive and versus, you know, again, working, working with companies, uh, understanding, having empathy, understanding where they're at as a company trying to become something. Um, your, your talk there reminds, just reminds me of, uh, Nooch's process with, with Goose, an up and coming band and the, if we had a, if we had a, um, just a data sheet of the hours he's put in to that project and that process and that love for their music and the art of it and the success of the band, not the success of him, the success of the band and the art behind it, the hours put in would be uh, just astronomical. I mean, the... <laughs> I bet like the the dollar per hour he's getting paid, I bet it's uh is fractions of a penny. You know? And yeah. He's just invested totally his heart and soul in the art of that. As have you with the podcast and us showing up every week and and doing it. Like it it's the process. Um we're not making tons of money at all doing this but we believe in the process maybe one day that that comes to fruition but as uh, now we love the process uh and i think that's important to just remember if you're not loving the process then it's probably not the the necessarily the right thing to be chasing and and that's important if you can switch that mindset to like I want to I want to help this company or I want to help this foundation or this nonprofit or I want to do something for my community. Then you just you make those connections and you just never know at those things who's going to want your stuff in like an art show the next weekend or in their restaurant that they just opened up or like those big deals that sometimes happen because you're putting yourself out there. Couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. Let's fly through a couple more of these. If we have to make yeah. it a two-parter, we will. Cool. Um, you know, for I'm I'm elder. I'm the elder <laughs> podcast host. Uh, social media is is relatively new for me. You know, I I made a like a crappy Facebook back in. I don't know, 2008 because I needed one because John and I, my best friend, were were playing guitar out and we needed a Facebook to create a calendar for our our band website or webpage, um, our Facebook page, I should say. You needed a personal one. I never, I thought Instagram was a photo editing app like when I first had it. Uh, <laughs> and I took like a few pictures and I had no idea I was like posting them to the world. Um it's just funny, like going back to that. I remember Those bedroom selfies, right? It was actually a flag at a um, <laughs> at a golf course. It was a flag with like a sunset and a putting green. It was like the nice. only pictures I put on Instagram back like in the to day. See those? <laughs> I, I don't even know where they are. I don't know where that Instagram exists. The being Anyways, licensed for ten thousand. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
careful of the social media traps. I would, I would tell myself, uh, the newer self. There's a, there's a great quote, like you're, you're next to the things that are most important to you while you're scrolling on the phone, you know, like you're my, in my example, my son's around, my dog's around, my brother, family, like whatever, like the people are around and you can be, you can get caught up in, oh, how's that real doing? Or, um, oh, who, who DM'd me? I got to get back to them. And there's been so many great connections. Um, but in reality, there, there's a lot of people that we don't, you don't really know that you spend a lot of time or can spend a lot of, you know, calories conversing with, which again, can be great. And it it could be the opposite. It can be not great. You know, I think all these things in the world, if they open you up to great opportunities, there's an equal amount of scams and, um, misuse of things. And you just have to be careful, uh, especially if you're naive and, and, don't know your way around it as I kind of had to figure out three and a half years ago. That was my first Instagram, not my first, but like the, when I knew what it was about and cared about it in terms of photography is three and a half years ago. And you go through like the, to be honest, like the addiction of it, the addiction of like, Oh, I'm I'm growing and I want to keep growing. And you fall away from the passions of like what you found. Uh, There's a lot of people out there that like, They'll just post the same thing for growth and it's all about growth and getting those numbers and those numbers become addicting. Um, and I think those are all kind of traps that I would tell myself to just be aware of and don't try not to fall into those and, and growth is okay, but it's not the everything. It's not, it's not everything about this, this whole process the whole thing the reason you found photography the reason you love it the reason you love the art of it um now with that said again it's created tons of great connections and i have a lot of really good friends from this whole thing absolutely um but with that i've run into like some some toxic situations or bad, you know, bad vibes, whatever my fault or not, uh, just kind of like, it it just puts you out there to have those moments and you just got to be careful. So I would just tell myself, be careful. This is not the, the small town you grew up in with your small group of friends. This is billions of people, uh, on an app that have access to you and can pull you in a lot of different directions. Yeah. And can really, really take your attention away. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I like the idea recently of, I'm trying to get better at this myself, is when you're doing something, it's 100% into that. Yeah. Attention-wise. I'm talking like one tab open on Google Chrome. Mm-hmm. I'm talking phone gone. I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm attacking you. Because <laughs> I, I know how many tabs you have open, Bri, right now. <laughs> Guess, guess, over, under, guess. The over, under will be six and a half. And I'm going to take the over. It's under, it's five. It's only under because you're recording right now and you need the friggin' GPU to not freeze out. I had to close the lockdown. (laughs) On a normal day, it's the over, under is, we're going to up it to nine and a half and you're definitely over. (laughs) Back to my point, back to my point though, like if you're eating breakfast, Mm -hmm. you're eating, you're eating. You're connected with your food. You know, you're connected with how it tastes. 
if you're in a warm shower, you're, you're focused on how it's, how it feels in your skin, you know, just all those things. I think multitasking is something I'm very much trying to get out of because I don't think that it is a tried and true method for mental clarity. I think it only adds to the scattered brainness, scatteredness, the scatteredness of the mind, truly. Yeah. Now, I don't know if people are into the law of attraction at all. However, uh, there is this theory within the book called segment intention, which is exactly what you're talking about. And I, I truly love that where it's, you know, every new segment is a period of time and you focus within that always to have your intentions very direct. So like you said, you sit down for breakfast, you make your intentions. I'm, I'm going to be grateful for my food. I'm going to pay attention to my partner. I'm going to, you know, taste everything. Uh, you, you make your intent. I'm getting into the car. I want to focus. I want to drive safely. Uh, I don't want to, you know, build up stress because of work. I want to focus on what I'm like every intention that you're having, every segment of the day, you kind of give an intention to it. And it, it, I mean, his theory gets into like the vibrations that you're creating, the energy you're creating right. will you attract what you're trying to do. The concept, you know? yeah, yeah. But I like the idea of breaking up your day and not just kind of going through it with your brain everywhere. Um, and I talk about that with kids all the time that have a hard time in class. Like you step into math class, you need to say like, all right, it's 45 minutes. I need to focus on math. That's why I'm here. I'm here for my education. It's not to goof around. It's not to be social. Uh, like, let's go. You know, it sort of gives that sort of focus to what you're doing. So I like that, Seth. Thank you. You're welcome. Being very honest on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, as are you. Um, maybe we got time for one more each. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Ready? Yeah, another piece of advice I would give. We'll make this a two-parter. We'll make this a two-parter because there's no way I've gotten to everything on here or that I wanted to. I don't know about you. Um, Don't feel bad asking things of people. Mm -hmm. You know, every person in every field of work, in every industry, no matter how skilled they are, started from beginner status even if they already had you know inner innate talent so i think back to your conversation about social media obviously like we live in a culture where our phones force us to see and admire all kinds of successful people based on your algorithm and your explore page and it's very easy to forget that those remarkable people or people you look up to or strangers you don't even know on your phone, they started at the very beginning. And I think the ego is very good at tricking us into thinking that we can get to where we want to go without the need for support. Or sometimes we feel like we're burdening others. Right. And I used to think this way. I used to think I could figure everything out on my own, that I was smart enough right? That I was skilled enough that I could just pave my own path, which is great. It's great to have that level of, in my opinion, that level of confidence, but it can also hurt you. Um, you know, I used to think it would be more satisfying to come up with things on my own conclusions and discoveries, you know, through my own trial and error, which again is good. Trial and error is great. 
failing is great, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but I always thought that I always knew what was best for me, which I mean, to a degree is fair. I think more so I thought that I would always, it was always best if I figured it out for myself. And I know there's like a place for trial and error, but sometimes you just need some guidance from people you look up to, even if they seem unapproachable. And I think that's really important is that everyone some way or another is approachable. Um, and if you can sort of get advice or guidance from those people, you can find a way to connect with them. There's still trial and error in creativity and how you apply the concepts they've suggested to your own unique situations, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not completely letting go of the steering wheel. So I guess what I'm, what I'm getting to is <clears throat> I would tell my younger photographer self to put some pride aside and start asking tons of questions that I thought would be helpful for myself to people who are in positions that I'd like to be in. Right. And I would tell younger Seth, like those people are approachable or are not unapproachable. Like they're very, they're accessible in some way or another, especially with, you know, the way of the world, how it's digitized now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just asking questions and learning from other people's mistakes and gaining that knowledge is just an accelerator for saving you time and energy. So <clears throat> to finish this up, I've also kind of found that most people have some sort of desire to pass along information and they feel good when they've helped another human being right? Like when we get the podcast, podcast messages from strangers, I don't know about you, but that fuels my day. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge dopamine rush and you feel like what you're doing has purpose. So I think it's important to almost in a way not be selfish and like let people give people the joy of helping you, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. It makes sense. I think it, it just it's just straight math. Like it will, it will take you X amount of time to figure it all out on your own. And I don't know what the equation is half the time or even some percent away. If you can ask a quick question, you know, even, even like little stuff like settings or whatever, like ask, don't be afraid to ask. There's, there's, I don't want to say there's no stupid question. I don't know if I... There are stupid questions. (laughs) Do you know what a stupid question is? Sorry to interrupt you. A stupid question is one you can find the answer to yourself in a matter of minutes. Sure, yeah. (laughs) So that's just a waste of everyone's time. No, but uh, yeah, like don't... I don't know. It's ask and someone might leave you unread. Someone might not respond. Someone might say, I don't have time for this. Someone might say, how dare you interrupt me? But again, you've learned, (laughs) you've learned, (laughs) that's what I respond with. How dare you interrupt me? Um, But then you learn some information there too. Like, oh, they're not to be, they're not to be bothered. They're not who I thought they were or whatever. Um, You know, don't, don't be afraid to ask some questions and, and figure some stuff out. It's going to save a ton of time or at least get you thinking in a certain way that you might not have thought of and, yeah, I do think people deep down like sharing the knowledge that they've gained sure. and 
and and want to pass that on for sure. So and not even necessarily knowledge, right? Like just their experience. Experience, yeah. Do's and don'ts. And again, we're all helping each other out if we had like a union, right? Like a certain pay wage, it'd be, it'd be easy. Like it, it we, if we're helping each other out to be on the same page with stuff, there, there's so many comp. I mean, think about, think about the ads you see and the things you see and the photos you see, like not even just business sense, but like there's, there's so many ways to shoot Yosemite. Mm-hmm. Even if it's the most popular shot. Like, you can edit it in a thousand different ways. And I think, you know, trying to figure those ways out and figure out your style and your process goes through a lot of trial and error and, and learning from other people. There, there's no question about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think another interesting thing to, to, to note is, I don't know if you, do you listen to the Human Lab podcast? I've mentioned it a couple times on the show. Anyways. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. You should listen to the one. I listened to this one today with Rick Rubin. Obviously. Mm, love him. Most people know who Rick Rubin mm-hmm. is. Um, he was saying too, just to the point about hearing people's ex- experience and maybe advice is that one of his points was whatever they're toting, that worked for them, right? It might right. not work for you. Mm-hmm. which is also important to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And just back to the the main point here of not feeling bad asking things to people, I think it goes beyond just asking questions that per- pertain to gaining knowledge. I mean, your family and your friends and your followers are also an integral part of your journey. And, yeah. you know, they're people that care about you and they they want to see you succeed. So I think also asking them for support and not feeling bad to comment on your latest post. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've asked to rate the podcast and thank you all for, thank you guys for doing that. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't feel bad asking that of people. Yeah. A little call to actions are important. And it's like, it's, it's kind of just saying what we need. You have the choice to go like, nah, you have the choice to do it or not. Yeah. (laughs) But But like, if we don't ask, if you, yeah, if you don't ask and, but also most people, are like absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, it's that easy. Sure, it's that easy. Great. You know, there's your inner circle exists to, or your community rather. We'll use the word community here. It's there to support you as you are there to support them. So, mm-hmm. being able to participate in each other's success is a feel good moment for both of you, and I think it strengthens the bond between between you. Like yeah. we can use the podcast and as, as an example, like there's hundreds of people that you and I have never met, but I'm sure there's a bond there Yeah, just through that mutual support. And you, you give additional purpose to one another. And so again, don't deprive each other of that joy. Ask for, ask for things of one another. So like, mm-hmm. I would really tell my younger photographer self on top of all this, like ask questions that help you gain knowledge, but also ask for favors, ask for support and also be ready to give it right back when those, when those people need it. Yeah. And that's a good point. I I think uh, just bouncing back to the, again, the social media trap, like there, it's a very, your own personal growth, your own, how many likes did you get on a thing? It, it's very, again, it can be very me focused. 
And it's important to step outside of that and, you know, oh, someone has a showing, you know, a half hour away and they've supported me. Like I'm going to take the drive and go there. It, it means a lot. It means a lot to those people. And again, from those experiences and, and getting outside of yourself, I feel like, I don't know if it's the universe rewarding you or whatever, but that's, those are the moments where like, oh, you, you met that certain person that has this connection and they want you to do something. You know, it's, it, it just seems to happen that way. So yeah, like getting out of that sort of, what about me? What's, what's happened for me lately and try to look at your friends again, family, where can you support people and, and, and pay it back that way. It feels better when you're asking for favors. I think it's kind of your point too. Like if you're asking for something, it's like, yeah, like I'm there for you too. Like I need something now, you know? Absolutely. I think this is a good place to wrap up, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think we covered a lot of great things today. We'll make this a two-parter at some point. I know we have some guests coming up likely. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, again, uh, our website is live. Our winter hats, toques, beanies, whatever you want to call them. They actually flip both ways. You can wear them as a beanie or a traditional hat. Those are live in gray, navy, and black. Our one-on-one -on -one virtual sessions are live. You can book those, book those through the calendar. Yep. Uh, on the website and if you want to split up the cost with a friend you can do that as well and um what else i think that's it man um, yeah, our, our cabin shoot just one last time we have yep. one spot available Cotopaxi's with us in terms of uh outfitting some uh, not not some of us, all of us, uh, with some of their gear is what I was trying to say. But Cotopaxi is outfitting us. Um, it is going to be, a, I think, a great experience uh, with a ton of, they're going to leave with a ton of content and a jump start in the cabin Airbnb game. Yeah, no, doubt. no kidding. Yeah. No kidding. And uh, talking about asking for favors and support again. We say it all the time. If you want to support the podcast beyond, maybe you don't want a hat, you can always rate or review the show. We always love those. Helps us. And um, yeah, we'll always do these for free. We have the PayPal donate button in the episode description, with help, which helps with show fees. We're grateful when people donate to that. But of course, we'll always do these for free. And Aaron, we got a lot of, since it's an episode which is you and I, we have a lot of TBM artwork. You need to pick a um, pick a photo, and I I think I've got a really cool one. I've been browsing while we were wrapping up here, uh, which is funny because I was talking about being totally focused on one thing. We'll chalk it up to being totally focused on the podcast. That's how I will rationalize this. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, uh, that's a that's a beautiful edit. Yeah, open your DM, check out the you photo that I just sent you. Obviously, people listening, it's the cover artwork on Spotify. We like to do hashtag TPM artwork where we talk about a photo uh, that people have submitted using that hashtag. Again, TPM artwork on Instagram. And we shout you out on the show. We put your handle in the episode description. And this one is lightspeed underscore photo shot in Florida, USA. Aaron, describe it. What do you like? It's just, a, I believe it's a snowy egret um, <laughs> and it is a gorgeous edit. Uh, I love the the saturation and the color. They they do have this like cool green eye mask uh, that he really has brought in out, brought in, brought out. Uh, the, just the backgrounds, you know, 
just that faded, perfect, simplistic view. And it's one of my favorite birds to actually photograph. So I'm a huge fan. Yeah, great backwards knee bend, perfect posture, beautiful light, nice soft background. The colors yeah. are fantastic. I didn't even know they had that green around the eye until I saw this photo. So that's a beautiful shot. Remember to submit again using hashtag TPM artwork where we do exactly what we just did now. Talk about you, shout you out, talk about your image. And congratulations, Lightspeed underscore photo. I think this is the first time he has had a TPM artwork. So congrats. Winner, 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 chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Snowy egret dinner. Just kidding. And thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Team LTD. Like we mentioned at the beginning, go check out their website by clicking the link in the episode description. They got a lot of great apparel items for every season of the year. They're very supportive of creative individuals in every industry. And they're also looking for to or they're also looking to uh, extend their creator network so it could be a way to get your foot in the door by shooting a couple products it's not me saying you need to go buy their stuff i'm just saying there's a potential opportunity there so keep that yeah. in mind aaron as always it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, you too, we'll catch up next week absolutely <laughs>